And welcome to War Council, episode 19. This is our Christmas special and 2015 year-end review. Uh, my name is Caleb Dillon with Might Metal Games. I'm Phil Corwin with Brushwork Minis. And with us from the far distant uh, shores of Alaska is Carlos. Carlos! Oh, hello! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Merry Christmas. This is our Christmas special. Although we're weeks away from Christmas at this point. Uh, it's the December 3rd currently when we're recording. So we're 22 days away. Have you guys even started shopping yet? Like, is it even on your no. agenda? So <laughs> Philip doesn't have a girlfriend at this point, although there's a girl in his apartment next to him that is unbelievably hot. I keep trying to get him to go talk to <laughs> I haven't her. even seen her yet. The girl in 10 is amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, so I don't think... Do you have many people to buy for? I guess if you're not buying My for the girl family. in 10... Oh, okay. So oh, your yeah, whole family. So you have a big family? Uh, I mean, there's about five or six people, so it's not a ton, but it adds up. One of the interesting things is the older me and my family get, the less we actually want to buy for each other. Mm -hmm. So we had this wonderful moment at Thanksgiving where my mother-in-law said, does anybody want to just skip this year? We just won't buy? And everyone was kind of like, yeah, that's great. None of us are going to buy. So I just have to buy for my wife and like a couple of people, and uh, it's great because I'm broker than I've ever been. So uh, what about you, Carlos? Do you have a big family? too big and they're they're nice and far away so it's mostly just us but i mean over here it's been christmas since before thanksgiving my wife had the tree up she's like there's snow on the ground it's christmas and i was like all right oh so we've had the snow there like all year though i mean i just always imagine ask alaska's in perpetual winter <laughs> just, i know that's not true at all but <laughs> like cartoons and media have led me to believe that right um but, uh, you know, I hate putting up the tree, but I, I insist we get a, a real tree. Mm-hmm. I, as much as I hate putting up a tree, I hate putting together a fake tree. So it's kind of a double whammy. It's like I make my life a little bit harder. The smell, way. too. It creates Do you not audience. like the smell? No, I love the smell oh, yeah, of pine trees. So. Yeah, me too. Um, so, Carlos, would it be naive to say that you just go in your backyard to get trees and all that stuff? <laughs> you just, like, walk out back and you're like, this one will do. And Well, actually, I ride my polar bear into the forest. Very good. See? Nice. Now we're talking. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, um, White Metal Games, obviously we are a a miniature commission and painting service, and we've been in the middle of a redesign for a couple months now. Uh, Currently, the status on the site is that we are up and running, of course, and we're continuing to add new pages all the time. Uh, Recently, we just redid our assembly and our conversion page. Uh, So it's important to note because as my web designer was telling me, he was like, you know, everything you do is a service, why do you differentiate? And and so one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up is because one of the things we do on these pages is we, we, we extrapolate on the concept. So with assembly, we go into what goes into assembly and how we assemble. And we work with different types of materials like resin and plastic and pewter. Sometimes those model kits go together. Sometimes they have to be pinned. Uh, on the conversion page, we talk about typical conversions, atypical conversions. We show samples of conversions. Um, so we, I differentiate between what is a kit bash, what is sculpting. So we just kind of run the whole gambit. So be sure to check those out under our services link on the White Metal Games website. Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's basically it for that. And we'll be continuing to update the page over the winter break. Uh, we've got lots coming up. This will be our last official podcast of the year, so hopefully when we come back in January, I'll have lots more to show with you on that. Um, what have you guys been up to this week? You got anything newsworthy to report other than other than what you're painting on at the moment personally uh i mean i've i've been working my tail off 
Right. Oh, for your job? My current job, yeah. yeah. For so your real job, it kicked it up to 11 this week. Um, I love that expression. I yeah. love when people say that. <laughs> I was, I'm trying to remember. Was, I forget what the uh, movie that was from, but um, the mock, mockumentary. But, um, yeah, and then just working on the uh, now I'm gonna commissions. Of, now I'm going to be thinking about what the name of that movie is the whole time. Yeah. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Yes. <laughs> we just we, we just rewatched the Best in Show, which is a great, great movie. Um oh, yeah. Let's see, what else? Uh, so, we've talked about this briefly on the podcast before, and I'm just going to touch base on this. And we've talked about how when you develop a style... Uh, so, first off, let me say that I transitioned to airbrush painting a few years ago, and I, I've always been a big fan of it. I wanted to learn more about it. And so, once I started airbrushing, there was no going back. But two years ago, Amazon ran a, ran a special on uh, an airbrush by Badger called a Sotar, the Sotar 2020 is like their fine detail airbrush. It goes down to a point, either a point one five or a point. I think it's a point one five millimeter needle, so it's very very Dang. small. Yeah, it's incredibly small. It might be point three five. I may be mistaking that, but it's it's a small airbrush. Um, so mine has been giving me trouble on and off for a while. I've had it for about two years, and I've wondered oftentimes when is it time to replace an airbrush? When do you finally do? And what happened this week is I was reassembling the airbrush after some sort of clog issue. And the, uh, the way the SOTAR works is that the tip kind of threads into the body, which is a good design in terms of reducing any sort of bleed. Mm -hmm. But it's a shitty design when the thread is very, very weak. So what happened is the airbrush tip thread snapped into the body. So oh. it ruined, ruined it. Like, I can't get it out. I can't do anything to get it out. I can't drill it out. So, like, I'll, I'll show it to you after the podcast because mm -hmm. it's hard to explain. But effectively, it ruined the, the body of the airbrush. And this is one of those things where when we bought it on Amazon, it was $100. It's normally a $400 airbrush, they say, retail. Even used, it's, it's probably like, you know, the body was one of those funny things. I, went to, I buy airbrush replacement parts all the time, and they'll run you. I, like, I dropped, um, I dropped a, a nozzle tip the other day. And it cost Say me. Goodbye to that I know. Yeah. It is twenty five dollars, and then I dropped the tip immediately after that was gone. So that's sixty bucks yeah. for two parts that are lost to my floor that I'll never find. And yeah. uh, it's actually cheaper just to buy a new airbrush at this point. And now you buy them used. I'll buy it on eBay for like one hundred fifty bucks. But you know, even if it's like just for parts, and then I'll keep the old airbrush for parts where I can. Like, so that just completely fucked my week. Like that was yeah. like Tuesday. And so I had to bust out my old airbrush, which now feels like a hammer compared to that <laughs> so thing. Heavy. It's so big. And it's just the spray is so much wider. And I'm sitting here trying to do the same detail work I used to do, and it's a nightmare. Um, I, I know, Carlos, you said you had some airbrush woes this week, but I think you want a more rant about that. Is there any sort of preview you want to give us for what's going on with your airbrushing? Uh, mostly people just kind of hating on those who airbrush and that mm. kind of thing but Caleb have you have you looked into a chrome because the chrome is made by Badger but you can get a whole new chrome kit which is your air cap your fluid nozzle and a needle for $17 no I hadn't looked into them but off the top of my head are you talking about $17 for an entire airbrush no 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 you, the, just the oh you saying the replacement air... parts yeah your replacement uh, parts I know what happened Sotar, but the Sotar, yeah. I don't know why, but the, the fluid nozzles, like you said, are $36, and the, yeah. the needles are 17 whereas the whole the whole chrome kit is only 17 That's amazing. Uh, no, I'll have to take a look at that. Is it, Does Badger make the chrome? He makes the chrome? Yes, they do. Okay. Yeah, I'll take a look. 
because uh, I've been looking around for another one, and a lot of my favorite painters have switched over to Infinity by Harder and Steenbeck. But it's yeah. a wicked expensive yeah. airbrush. It's That's like, like three, a three or four hundred dollars. Right, it's crazy expensive. And the only reason I even like the Sotar is I'm not. I, I don't even really like the Sotar. It's just that I've gotten so used to it now mm-hmm. that I, I kind of feel like now that I understand all the replacement parts and how they all work, if I had to start over with a new airbrush, it's starting from scratch again. It's not really starting from scratch, but you know, it's different. It does take some time to adjust to it. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Uh, but no, I'll check out the Chrome. That's a good idea. Um, why badgers are nice is because they have such a tall trigger and it's a lot easier to manipulate a tall trigger for me i agree um there's definitely like there's a learning curve with every airbrush and you have to kind of get used to it and i will say that after a day or two of use i used to use my my my, uh it's an eclipse uh, which is a decent airbrush don't get me wrong it's a decent airbrush but i i think of it it's like a 0.5 millimeter needle so it's big for an airbrush needle so i used it successfully for base coating and for like primary layering but you really can't do fine detail work with it, not with, not like you can with a point three five, because um, you're talking about a needle that's not quite half the size, but two thirds of the size. So the spray is much smaller. And um, anyway, um, I will say on the positive thing, my wife has been very generous with me for Christmas this year. We set a limit of one hundred and twenty five bucks uh, for ourselves for Christmas, and she took me to IKEA, and so we started just walking around, and we got a new light, we got a new uh, couple different things for my painting desk to sort of upgrade it to the next level. Um, which I've thought about this a lot in the past, like how you paint, like I've, I've seen your paint desk, for example, Philip, and how you paint, <laughs> which is tiny. It's tiny. Uh, Carlos, do you have a big paint area? I've never actually seen your paint area before. I have two um, of those eight-foot tables you get at like Sam's Club or Costco. Okay. And I have um, a, triple, a triple bright lamp from Amazon, and it, it just it shoots out a ton of light. Like that's, that's the only light I really need on. Nice. And, the reason why I like it is because it has um, the full spectrum lights, so you can actually you get a more accurate representation of how the colors appear on the model with that light, and I really like it. That's cool. You're gonna have to get, send me a link for that after the show because that sounds really neat. I've been looking for a supplemental light, um, so that's really cool. We got our light from Amazon too. We got our we got the carts from IKEA, which is great for cheap stuff, but I can't help feeling like if I pay seventeen dollars for something that's gonna fall apart. Um, but anyway, I think sometime in the new year we'll do a, a podcast about our painting areas and how we work. Um, not so much the technique, but so much like you know everything around the technique. But all right, so let's uh, move on to on the painting desk. Uh, this is the segment of the show where we talk about what we've been painting on at the moment. So uh, Carlos, why don't we talk about you for a second? What are you working on right now? What's on your desk? I've got a Space Hulk um, Sergeant I'm working on. It's it's the guy with the Thunder Hammer and Storm Shield, and I'm also trying to use a lot of those weathering techniques on the five Deathwing Terminators from the Dark Vengeance kit. Sure. Because I think what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to become a home run hitter. And I don't know if that's going to work out, but I'm trying to go into the more higher end on eBay, and we'll see how that goes. Oh, I see. So that's what you want. That's how you want to market yourself, a high-end painter? I think so. I think I have time to, and I enjoy doing a little bit more involved techniques on miniatures. I don't know if I'm, I'm necessarily a volume painter. I mean, since you, we had that talk about inspiration and stuff, I've done a lot of soul searching, believe sure. it or not. And uh, I think that, you know, I think that's kind of the direction I'd like to go, sort of low volume, but high quality. I, I think that's a great direction, and I think there's definitely a need for it. On eBay, because I spend a lot of time selling on eBay, there's a huge differential between the painters who sell their models for, let's say, I mean, there's not a lot of them. There are some painters out there that sell their models for, like, hundreds of dollars, if not $1,000. 
And there's some painters that sell their models for what I would call, you know, the market value, which is a normal, regular value. And um, John Albro, he's one of the painters that works for, for me. He does some intermittent work for me sometimes. I've been posting models from his on our Facebook page all week. And he, he about twice a year, and this is kind of a, a funny guy because he's not like, like Philip and I collaborate on a very regular basis. Like he, we see each other you know, a couple times a month and we're always talking about something. Um, and this is a guy that I met a couple years ago at, at a convention and he was like, I do a little painting and he's very British. And uh, he does do some really great painting. Like he's a really great painter. But what I, I found with him, I tried to, I, I sort of tried him out as a painter. The problem is he's wicked slow. Like I'll give him 10, 12 models and I'll be like, all right, see you in the spring. And like, <laughs> that's how it is. I gave him these models in May and it's December and he just gave them back to me. Now they're excellent and I don't pay him much, so it's a fair deal. Yeah. But can you imagine if I had clients that were like, I have a squad of Marines and it's like, well, those will be ready in December Yeah. and it's May. Like <laughs> I can't run a business that way. But that being said, uh, I, I definitely think there's a, there's a niche for those kind of painters. Like I think that you just have to, sort of figure out where you are. So I think that's really cool, Carlos, if you've decided that's the way you want to go. Um, to be honest with you, I don't really like volume painting all that much. Like, because I never feel like, what's happened now is that now that I've gotten a little bit better as a painter, and I say a little bit, like incrementally, like I look at stuff and I'm dissatisfied with it. But I realize that I have to stop because I didn't charge the person enough money to justify more work. Yeah. So you have to kind of draw that line in the sand about your time. Um, because I'm painting, you mentioned some Space Hulk. I'm painting up, um, first off, I don't know if you've run into this or not, but I painted that exact same Terminator last week. And wow. I found that the sprues for the Space Hulk, while they look really cool at first, a lot of the details are weird. Like, uh, purity well, they're seals. Super were, chunky. Like, they're they, super like, chunky. Yeah. The, the chains, the way the chains are sculpted, is you can see the chain on the front, and it's nice and clean, and right. then it just goes like straight back like a die. That's exactly it. And if you look at it from a side view, you're like, what is this? And what it's like, there's one of them that's kneeling on the ground, and his foot is not even a foot. It's like a block of plastic. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it looks, and I think this was probably one of their early ex experiments with like that style of printing, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. They were, they're snapped together figures, so they're just like three yeah. parts per right. many, so... It so, but, but, but it looked, I mean, you know, kudos to them. It looked great on the box, but when mm -hmm. you actually get to painting it, it's kind of weird. Um, anyway, I completely don't know where I was going to go with that, but okay. <laughs> so, um, Carlos, I can't wait to see some of that high end work. So, when you're ready to share it with us, just let us know. Uh, Philip, what are you painting on at the moment? Um, so, I'm finishing Brotherhood of Ultramar. They are nearing completion. Um, and you've kind of had some that's been kind of interesting because you uh, there's so much gold on those guys mm -hmm. so you had to work in like you have gold sniper barrels which we debated yeah it's very uh, yeah I was concerned he wouldn't like it but he replied back with positive yeah, things he did so um, but yeah I'll break it up a little bit more there will be pictures of it maybe so, they're, maybe they're um, a rich chapter yeah <laughs> so what's your, your go-to gold when you do gold oh good question go-to gold oh oh you mean for the um I've actually fallen in love with the Retributor armor that GW came out with about three months ago. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. It Airbrush is amazing. You just need to thin it down just a little bit. It's a good consistency. And, uh, yeah, it's a great gold. And I've been able to use it for whether I want, like, a brassy feel or if I want, like, a darker. It's got a good amount of red in it mm -hmm. um, for a gold. But um, uh, with a quick wash, I mean, you can really yeah. direct it towards, like, a rich, vibrant gold versus that, like, again, like a brass or even, like, a tarnished gold. So it's... On the Sons of Horus, we're doing a, a Harris, Horus Heresy set, and um, we kept the shoulder pads separate to paint them because we wanted to do gold trim, and I've been using 
he left me a, a can of Retributor Gold, and I've been using it all week to kind of paint on these shoulder pads. It's got pretty good coverage for gold. Mm-hmm. And gold is traditionally, I struggle with it. It's pretty thin. Yeah. Um, but it's actually pretty great. I really like it a lot. So what's your go-to for gold, Carlos, while we're on topic? You know what? I mean, I wish I had one. Uh, I, there's a lot of colors I really like, but if I if I just had to pick one, um, I like the golden bright bronze. I use that a lot. It's more of a greenish gold, but you can tint it just like Philip was saying. And that who, one, uh, who manufactures I really like that? How bright it is. Is that a GW color? No, it's it's a golden acrylic. Oh, golden! I always forget. Like whenever I hear yeah. a name, that's confusing. Yeah. Like their company name's <laughs> Golden, but it's like it's Golden Gold. It's like, yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, I've been using um, Reaper Scorched Metal a lot as a dark gold, and it's actually pretty great. It's like a really deep brown gold, and the coverage is... I use it because the coverage is incredible. Like, it's just really, really good for what it is. And it reminds me a lot of 10 Bits. They don't make 10 Bits anymore. Yeah. But that old color that, that GW had, color. that was a great color, and they got rid of it, and I hated it. The closest now is, like, what, Warblock Bronze? Yeah, like a... and that's... It's close. I mean, it's in the ballpark. Um you know, but I, I actually really like 10 bits. There was this, there's this guy on has a painting channel called Iron uh, Iron Dog Studios. And for orcs, he uses it religiously as a base color. Um, so it's really great. Uh, okay, as for me, so we are currently working on Horus Heresy Sons of uh, Sons of Horus. That will be done, uh, I'm going to say, by New Year-ish, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we, we put in a really good... We've actually had two really decent days on that. We did one really long assembly day. We did one five-hour painting day, so that was ten total paint hours, and managed to crank out, I don't know, yeah, most of all it. All the basing, yeah, all the primary colors. So works. And then separately, I've been doing the shoulder pads, and then so we're going to p- come back together probably for one more day and finish it up. Yeah. Yeah. I so. just wanted to say something about that, because we've talked about Infinity before, Philip, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of people like to shit on GW just for various choices they make, but if you compare like the Operation Snowstorm set to what you get in the Horus Heresy box... It's yeah. like a little bit more, and you get nearly double the amount of models. And I'm not taking anything away from Infinity, but I mean, if you look at the quality of model, and also just how much you get in the box compared, I mean, it's not really a bad value. Yeah, no, it is great. I mean, I think the starter set for Ice Storm is like 12 models, which yeah. is really, it's a great enough start to any like Infinity army. It's half your army right there um, for two different factions. So you do definitely get your value from that package, but... Yeah, comparatively, the pricing per model is way higher with GW. I think it's also worth noting that the, the Horus Heresy, while I really don't give a shit about the Horus Heresy, the models are at least on sprue, so you don't have the Space Hulk, Space Hulk problem. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not like that. You actually have to, you know, be... Very clean, yeah, very, very clean. defined, yeah. Um, so, uh, we're working on that. Um, I actually just finished the Space Hulk set for uh, the Blood Raven army I'm working on. Um, so that was interesting because the client has a Tyrion army and he has a Space Marine army, which are Blood Angel based. So he sent me a Space Hulk set and he was like, paint this up too. So that'll be fun. That's actually the first time I've ever painted Space Hulk and that game came out two or three years ago. I mean, it's been a long it's, time. It's actually longer than that. So I don't think I'll get any sales on repeat business for Space Hulk, but it was interesting to paint it up. Um, cool. And I managed to throw in a couple Star Wars Imperial Assault figures this week um, that are going to be posted up on the Facebook page. I painted an ATST and a. Uh, uh, Royal Guard Champion. Um, and one of the things that I didn't know about this until I bought these guys, so they come out of the package, at least the small figures, already completely done. They're, they're one case, they're like, uh, what do you call it? I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's cast in plastic as one solid figure, with, but they're incredibly clean. I can't find any mold lines. Like I don't know how they're doing it. Fantasy Flight Games puts these guys out. And although I had to glue together a little bit of the, uh, the ATST, 
which is the Scout Walker. The regular guys, like I bought a Bubba Fett and a Chewbacca too, and they all are one model, one piece, no assembly, no mold lines. So it's like it's like three D printing, but it doesn't feel like three D printing. If that makes sense, it feels like a plastic figure. Um, so I guess the closest comparison to it is like Reaper Bones, I suppose, but a higher quality material. Um, anyway, so I threw those in, and then I have one more commission on my desk right now, which is a, a, a Space Marine small army called Helios Guard, um, which uh, I'll be posting up some pictures of in the next couple of weeks. They're a bone armor colored um, Space Space Marine oh. army. Yeah, Sounds like a nightmare. It's actually not that bad, but I, yeah. I forgot how long it takes to dry brush a whole army. Like, I sat down there this morning, and I was like, oh, I'll watch a couple episodes of this TV show. And I was dry brushing for hours, because you don't want to build it up too fast. You mm-hmm. want to take your time. If you go too fast, you can really, you, you can't go back. Yeah. So you have to sort of take your time. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we will come right back, and we'll jump right into news and rumors right after this. Need a model assembled or painted, but no money to spare? White Metal Games is now offering trade-ins. Send us pictures of your old models, bits, boxes, even new kits. Make us an offer we can't refuse. Don't like negotiating and haggling? White Metal Games also offers consignment services. You can send us your old models, books, games to sell. We sell them through our eBay store, and you pocket 55% of the sales price. You don't have to worry about eBay fees, PayPal fees, shipping fees. There's no crazy percentages, just easy money. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com today. All right, guys, we are back. Um, we're going to jump into news and rumors, and this is the section of the show where we talk about what is new out there, what do we have heard. And uh, so, um, first off, we'll do something non GW. I feel like we've hit GW pretty hard. So, uh, Privateer Press has just released a, a model called the Glacier Kling. King Kling. That's weird. Uh, for Trollbloods, this is part of their Hordes line, uh, which is compatible with their War Machine game. So, it's a War Hordes model. Um, it reminds me of the Mountain King, but it's a little more icy um, mm-hmm. flavored, which I thought was appropriate for our winter themed podcast. Have you guys taken a look at this? Have you seen this guy at all? Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's got the yeah. same scale as the Mountain King, but he's he's got icicles sort of hanging off his arms and stuff, and he's really cool. Um, I haven't seen too many people paint him up yet, but I'm, I'm a big fan of their models. I love the Trollbloods, like their Trollbloods, the big ones. Yeah, like, they're really well done, yeah. and there's a lot of detail. We reviewed a tutorial from um, who was that a couple oh, of weeks yeah. ago? Schnauzer Face Minis. Yep, and he painted up. He paint painted up. He painted up a, a, a mountain king, and it was incredible. Yeah. Um, Philip, have you or Philip? Shit, Carlos, have you ever painted up any of the Privateer Press models? Do you have any experience with them? Yeah, I have. I, I have a, what was a small budding Minoth army, and then recently I bought the Hordes two-player battle box because I got. I was listening to a lot of podcasts um, from the Privateer Press kind of side of the house, nice. and they got me really excited about the game. And I have played it before, and they have a. It's a much tighter rule set, but every time I I paint up some of those figures, it just bums me out, man, because I start painting them, and there's like weird mold lines and then I look at the models and they're just kind of chunky and I, and as much as you know I, I want to get into it it's they always just bring me down a little bit you know <laughs> I know exactly which I want almost to buy some I was like I really want to do War Machine I like some of these models I lent you a rule book so you could yeah. like read the game and stuff and then I just looked I was like half these models I love and half of them just look so stupid I just couldn't convince myself to buy them and start so I, I just turned away but some of them are great. 
they they look amazing. And then, would, would you say that for a company ten years in that you they're where you expect them to be, or they're not? Where no, uh, not at all. Like okay. uh, there's there's Kickstarters that have miniatures that are infinitely better in quality. And well, not every Kickstarter is King of Death. Well, like. <laughs> yeah, and they have amazing. And it took three years to get that off the ground. It did, so, but so. they've been producing minis like throughout that time. Yeah. Like every month, they had new releases, That's and they true. were high high quality. For well, I think they're, they're kind of stuck in this kind of they've they've sort of like made this stylistic choice to go mm-hmm. with really blocky kind of cartoony um, almost not, yeah cartoony not necessarily as detailed and so they're kind of sticking with that and you're right I mean I have seen some of their newer releases and they look like night and day different than the older models mm-hmm. but you still need a lot of those older models and it's it's, yeah, it's a exactly. tough sell it is. Um, I, I guess I never really thought about it with cartoony, but in their in their books, all of their books or all of the illustrations are very kind of I don't want to say anime. Anime is the wrong word, but it kind of feels like it has a slight slant towards like a Japan Japan and Japan animation. The closest comparison style. I can think of is like World of Warcraft. Like yeah, a, that's fair. Like a very blocky, chunky armor, yeah. cartoony. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's see what else is coming out. So the GW just released some. Um, they are releasing. Well, first off, we know they released, you know, RKL the Everchosen, mm-hmm. and they uh, recently Duncan Rhodes did a, just did a painting tutorial on them this week, which we definitely recommend checking out. If nothing else, for you know, he's got a very good clean technique. But in addition to that, they've got some new Chaos Saints coming out for Age of Sigmar, um, which I thought looked really good yeah. until Philip <laughs> told me the price and the number you get in the box. Uh, so, so you get three, yeah, three hundred dollars for a hundred dollars. Stupid. And these are cavalry models, right? These oh, yeah. are not like, like we're not just, talking like are they? They're not they're not monstrous cavalry, right? Mm-hmm. So they're just how many are you going to need? Like how many are you going to need to be? Compared? Well, that's the thing with Age of Sigmar. You could have anywhere between like five and like thirty of the same units, and they still be like part of the same unit. Right. Yeah. So it's if you want to actually have an army of these things, like you're going to have to cough up a ton of freaking money. Yeah, it's stupid. Carlos, can you hear the knocking? <laughs> Our cat is again trying to. <laughs> We're going to ignore him and see if he leaves us alone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. The problem is, is that this is the same night my wife has class, so now he has no one to pay attention to, and he's just freaking out. Um, I will say they're a really good-looking model, and if there's yeah. just if there was if they're on like fifty by seventy-five millimeter bases or the equivalent in an oval now, which I think is like a seventy-four by something. I don't know. Uh, then I would be like, that's okay, but that's still too much money. It is. For three models. I mean, they're so good looking. They're gorgeous, That makes them not quite as good looking. I mean, like, I haven't really been able to afford stuff in a while. Like, I'm always painting client stuff. It's not like I'm buying it. They're buying it, or they're paying me material stipend. But if I couldn't, I definitely couldn't now. Uh, I'd try pushing them away. He's going to try, yeah. He's going to try to deter the beast. All right, so uh, other stuff coming up right now is, um, I know you're a video gamer, aren't you, Carlos? We've talked a little bit about this before. Yeah, I do some gaming. Because um, I think he, Carlos sent me an email, and he was just like, yeah, I couldn't do anything this week. The Bloodborne DLC came out. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, I don't even I don't know, know what, that what is. Bloodborne <laughs> is, but I'm sure that it must have been great if it was able to take him away from whatever else is going on in his life for a weekend. Um, yeah, pretty much swallowed me whole. There you go. Uh, well, on video games, GW has been pretty making a pretty good push for, for video games recently. And Freeblade is one of their new things. It's coming out on Steam, I think. And in Freeblade, you're going to be able to play a um, uh, Imperial Knight. Um, which, I mean, also looks like fun. Yeah. You run around, you can smash basically anything. Yeah. Um, 
So that was, that's kind of fun. Um, but their tie-in to it is they have a transfer sheet, so you can actually paint your model like the knight in the video game, um, which I think is very clever. I'll give them credit yeah. for clever points. Like, that's a great way to tie it in. I mean, the transfer sheet, Freeblazer did a really good job. Yeah. Like, in the book and or in the rule book and stuff, they've got a lot of like individual models, and sure. this definitely give you the option to build them that way, which is pretty cool. They're kind yeah. of unique. So. I like the idea of the Freeblade. Like, you can have a knight a mercenary knight. Just yeah. Anywhere you want, any any army you want. I think it's pretty great. Uh, Carlos, I know you had talked about, you had a rumor you wanted to chat with us about. Um, it's from the Trigger series, you said. Yeah, it's um, Nuts Planet. They're coming out with the Trigger series, 32 millimeter command squad. And they look kind of like a, maybe a Grey Knight Inquisitor type. Did, what did you say? What army did kind you of a, kind of Kind of Mechanicus. Yeah, Mechanicus, I mean, they, like, one of the guys looked like he kind of, I don't know, ripped a, a I mean, car engine out of a car yeah, on a stick. Right. Yeah, just, it, I mean, they it look great. It doesn't look like, I mean, it looks like it's kind of mechanic-y, but not really. Like, it's different enough that it doesn't have the GW aesthetic. It, it looks more like, I don't know, if you took a cult of, like, from a cult of, like, guys from Mad Max, maybe, or something like that. Right. But they're pretty great. Um, it's real, like, kind of steampunky, wispy yeah, kind of stuff. I agree. It looks good. Um, and I don't know anything about these guys at all, so I'm definitely going to have to check these out. So we'll, we'll send some links to people out there uh, who are listening, so if they're interested in hearing more about it. Um, okay, so we're going to take a brief sponsor break, and then we'll come right back, and we'll jump into Tips on Technique. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Hey guys, it's Caleb with War Council. Are you a purveyor of stuff? Are you an entrepreneur with something to preneur? Do you sell things related to tabletop gaming, painting, or some other aspect of the miniatures hobby? Would you like to advertise to like at least three listeners a show? Then you've come to the right place. War Council has a limited number of sponsorship slots available. Each slot guarantees you a banner ad on the White Metal Games website, and we're like 300 likes on Facebook right now, so clearly at least 300 people can be bothered to click the like button at some point in time in their lives. For $20 a month, we'll promote you and your products on the show. For $10 more, you can have an entire 30-second commercial, like this one, only, you know, better and more relevant and stuff. Email us at info at for more information, and until you do, put your manis where your mouth is. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we're going to jump right into the tips on technique. And um, before we get into our main topic tonight, which is about uh, winter and Christmas-themed, well, not really Christmas-themed, more snow and ice-themed, mm -hmm. so wintry-themed models, I wanted to take a brief second and kind of look back at 2015, and uh, if you had any highlights from the year you guys wanted to discuss, anything that sort of, you know, was a highlight from your year, um, so, uh, I guess, Philip, why don't you start? Because, you, you know, first off, I know you moved to Raleigh, so that was a huge change. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of couple... Uh, big things. So, I uh, started really trying to push doing, you know, commission painting this year. Um, and it didn't really pick up until I moved down here, and I met you, Caleb. And then, um, through that, we've been able to... I've been able to get some projects under my belt and stuff, and which has been really cool. So, I mean, I guess really it's been the last five months that have really changed uh, yeah. a lot for me. I mean, so. when you first came to Raleigh, like, you kind of emailed me beforehand, so that was kind of like, I knew you were coming, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what to expect, because normally painters come in and they burn out. And it's like, eh, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get a couple projects out of the guy, and then I'll yeah. wish, wish him well. But you've actually really done great. I mean, in fact, I don't even know, like, do you, 
I know you don't. I know you have less time for your personal projects than you used to because you're doing all the all the commission work. But in terms of brushwork minis, like, have you gotten any like feedback on your personal stuff or your personal? I guess by yeah. by your personal stuff, I mean on brushwork minis. Like, do people contact you for private commissions other than the ones I sling you? Like, are you do you like commission work now that you've been in it for a little while? Like, yeah, I mean, I definitely enjoy commission work. I haven't gotten much feedback from um, from my own website or from my Facebook page. It's tough. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, most of the people I invited to join were, were friends and things. So yeah, I think it'll grow eventually. I don't really, I've never really done that, but I, I get people that do that, and I feel like when you do that, you get a surge in the beginning. Yeah, but then the reality is, your my mom doesn't give a shit what I do. Like she <laughs> asks politely, like, "How's the painting going?" And I'm like, "It's yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's so, okay. It's okay. It's okay to at least showcase what I've done so far, okay. and it's that's what it's for, really." Well, I think he's doing good. Uh, Carlos, what about you, man? What you, any highlights from 2015 in terms of hobby? Sure. Um, I, you know, I went through a move just like Philip. I recently moved down here to Anchorage, and everything was packed away. So in June, I got everything out, and I started painting again. And probably what really lit the fire again was Age of Sigmar. And I'm not going to comment on the rules. I'm not a huge fantasy player, but the models are gorgeous. And I just kind of wanted something new to deal with instead of just constantly painting Space Marines. And it really, like, that in combination with the uh, painting Buddha videos and their non-metallic metal techniques, I started trying it again. I mean, I've been trying to do it for years, and I actually I started to see results. And so that year, this year has been kind of a big step up. And always... You know, when I go back and I look at what I've been doing as compared to what I'm doing now, you know, it's always, I always see improvement and it always makes me feel a little bit better, you know, especially when I'm not feeling great about maybe a snow basing tutorial that I'm trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like, and and we've talked about this a bit, is that you have to kind of be a pioneer for yourself and you have to try new stuff. And um, it's great when you have people like, you know, like painting Buddha out there that have kind of already broken through the glass wall and they can they take the time to create a tutorial or a video because I, I know from when I blog, it, it's actually a lot of work. Like if you, if you actually take the time to write a good tutorial or write a good blog post, you're going to spend hours and hours and hours on it, posting the video or, or making the video or editing the video, posting the photos, editing the photos, then writing the, the text and then making sure it sounds good, providing active links, making sure the links are good. Like all of that takes a lot of time. And the reality is people digest it and throw it away in minutes yeah and it's gone and you you know and i do this like i i pop on bell or spiky bits in the morning and like i look at you know 10 articles and maybe i click on three of them and i skim the article i never really read the whole article but if it's something i'm crazy interested in i do um but for most of the articles i dismiss them out of pocket because i'm you're busy I'm, i don't have time to sit there and read all those. Well, I, I think you wrote i think that article you wrote i read um something about commission painting on bella lost souls and i did read yeah. the whole thing so i think you know i mean you put out a pretty good you know very uh detailed look about what the life of the commission painter is i mean i don't think you should sell yourself short you might want to look into you know doing more of that stuff if you I, have I, I like blogging it's just it's one of those things that it's one of the funny things about blogging is that when you blog as a commission painter, every time I post a blog article, I'll get one or two hits out of it. Like, And by hits, I mean people will contact me about work. So what I normally do is when I'm, it's kind of a feast or famine thing. When I don't need the work, I don't blog as much. But when I do need the work, I do. The way I should do it is I should blog every week. I should just write an article every single week. But I just, I just don't make the time like I should. Um, 
But I, but I guess what I'm saying is I think it's an important part of the hobby. I mean, it got you back into the hobby, which is really great. Um, and I, have you followed up on Painting Buddha at all? Or they, I know they had a Kickstarter a few months ago. I don't know how that worked out. Um, they've been putting out videos nonstop. Oh, I mean, cool. they, they take breaks. They go to all the big shows in Europe. Yeah. I mean, Europe is just a mecca if you want yeah. to display painters. Seriously. And you can learn so much just from... Recently, they did an X-Wing video, and it was... I mean, it wasn't really... It wasn't as difficult as, I'd say, the bus they just finished from Nuts Planet, but their X-Wing Millennium Falcon video, I mean, that was an awesome video. And there's... That's like something I've been looking into doing is like repainting X-Wings. I mean, they look like so much fun. Plus, Star Wars is huge right now. It is a big thing. There's actually one of the guys that we compared our prices to when we were redoing the pricing for White Metal. He does Star Wars repaints. And I've only seen a couple of them. Um, And I have looked at this this ships a lot more in the store uh, to kind of see. Like, they're not painted, I would say, well. They're they're fine for what they are. But repainting them wouldn't be that bad. Um, I think it'd be interesting, um, but I, I haven't really, I haven't had any requests for it. So I'm not going to spend $100 on a capital ship just to repaint it and maybe sell it. But but I do think they're really, really cool, and, and I would love to try it out. I mean, that's why I picked up the Imperial Assault stuff, was to sort of dip into that world, because I like it a lot. It's really neat. Yeah, that walker you did looks pretty good. Oh, thanks. I wish I had done more weathering on it. Um, like, your, like, your tank had such good weathering, but I know I need to resell it, so I was like, eh, I don't want to go too much on this thing. Um, but anyway, all right. So uh, as for me, uh, obviously this is a, a pretty big year for white metal. Like, first off, we went into I went into commission painting full time this year. Uh, the last time I had a regular job was back in last July. I worked for a friend of mine for a few months um, and then transitioned out of that last November. So I've officially been a minion painter full time for basically 13 months now. Um, and in addition to that, uh, Philip has been working on and off with me for the past I don't know five or six months. So I've been able to throw him, I don't know, quite a few jobs. Yeah. So it's been a really good year for commission work, and I'm looking forward to even more next year. I'm hoping that if we get more commissions that I can bring in another painter, and that would be great. Um, but, you know, for right now, it's been enough to sustain me for the most part. Like, my credit card debt keeps going up a little bit. So I, I joke with my wife, it's kind of like failing very slowly as opposed <laughs> to succeeding. Because um, I have enough to survive every month, but I don't quite have enough to pay off my debt. Uh, or paid down by that, so it's interesting. But uh, that being said, it was a big year. We did our complete redesign on the website. We redesigned our pricing. And this is the first major redesign in years. So this was like a pretty big thing for us. And I think when you compare it to the old site and the new site, it's it's night and day. Like it's, it's a huge, huge difference in terms of, you know, tran- uh, transparency and just trying to really define everything. Um, one of the things, and, and Carlos kind of touched on this, and I think it's an interesting point, and worth a little bit of elaboration is that uh, when you talk about miniature painting, a lot of times we're trying to equate our time into work and money. So if someone says, like, I want a space marine painted, we have a formula for how much we charge based on the amount of time we will devote to it. But I do, I wish, personally, that I was at a place in my life where I could just simply, and I've played around with the idea, like, how to charge an hourly rate. Mm-hmm. Like, how to, like, justify, like, if someone gives you a mini... And you just paint it until you're done. And then you're like, well, it took me 20 hours and I charge this much per hour. So this is what I want for this. And I just don't, I would like that to be our method for painting, like a very fair way to do it. But the problem is there's no real way to pitch that to a client. Like no client is ever going to like, and I think about it in terms of like, um, I have some carpenters that come to my house and they'll, they'll quote a job for me by the job. 
And I don't care how long it takes to get it done. Obviously, faster is better. But some guys will come to me and they're like, well, I'll give you a couple days work and I charge 500 a day. And I'm like, I don't know which is a better system. I'm not yeah. for sure. Like, in, in one in one scope, I, I know I get an honest day's work. But in the other scope, like... So it's interesting. Like, I've, I've played around with, is there a way to make painting by the hour a thing? And, uh, you know, I, I think... I think that's one of the areas I'd like to look at for next year, maybe. Like, is there a way to get, have clients basically, you know, work with you as opposed to for you kind of thing? I don't know if that makes sense or not. Um, but I don't know. So, a uh, big year for everybody. And we're going to talk about uh, that, I think, more in, in January as we talk about what our resolutions are for the new year. Um, but for now, let's talk a little bit about winter themes and winter basing and snowy models. Um, so first off, do you guys use a lot of snow in your models or, or like dioramas or anything like that? Like for me personally, I rarely use snow. Yeah. Frankly. Like I, I almost never have a reason to use it. I guess for winter themed armies, maybe like space wolves and stuff. But I've done very intermittent work on snowy stuff over the years. Um, what about you, Carlos? Do you do much work with snow or ice? I, I did some bases for some Deathwing Knights I did um, maybe at the beginning, no, it was almost two years ago, and I think one of the things that I'm leery about with snow is once you do snow, you're you're in. You're not just, they all have to be snowy. Oh, I see. Yeah, you can't really mix and match it. What about, because um, I've seen some people do this, what about like, um, if you think about like, I don't know, I guess an army where the snow is melting maybe, like mm-hmm. on a... Uh, so there's a mix of flock and snow. It's not like spring, almost yeah, just the cusp of. of winter, or spring. even, or even late fall for that matter. Like yeah. it's beginning to snow a little bit. Um, but I, but I do agree with Carlos. Like if you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. I don't want to see one snowy model and the rest of the model on green. That makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, well, I, I definitely see more snowy basing than snowy dioramas. I feel like dioramas are kind of one of those things that. They're not as common in the wargaming scene because there's not a point value to it. Um, so you're only doing it for, like, displays or whatever. But So for snowy basing, I do see a fair amount of snowy basing out there. And I personally always really like it. I think it's a really mm-hmm. cool way to... First off, your army stands out quite a bit. Yeah. Most armies aren't that. So at the judges' table, it's a good way to draw, draw attention. Um, and in addition to that, like, snow is no harder to apply than any other flocking material. I mean, at the end of the day, you can just glue glue some glue on your base and just add it on like flock and call it a day, and it looks looks okay. But I think unlike flock, there's a lot of things you can do with snow that you can't traditionally do with flock. You can do wet snow like slush. You can do dry, puffy snow. You can do icicles. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, so uh, as we jump into this topic, like why don't we just talk about a few different techniques? So. Dry snow, obviously, I think is pretty simple. I just glue and drop snow flock on there. Is that about what you guys do for dry snow? or Pretty much. <laughs> do you, yeah, Carlos, what about for you? Is that about what you do? Yeah, yeah, that's about that's about it. I use that uh, white paint plus that flock. Yeah, white paint's a good... So I didn't even know GW made a white paint that's like on a texture and it's called... I forget what it's called. I bought something yeah. the other day. Um I've never actually tried white texture paint of snow. My instinct is I don't think it's a good idea. But I think it'd be okay for a base if you're just painting the base white. 
with snow, like because it gives you some texture. And by texture, I mean they actually put some sort of something. It's like in sand in it. It's like grit. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's called a texture paint. So yeah, yeah. Um, or, I think I think one of the things that I don't necessarily like about snow is it, it once you once you put that white on there, you lose all your contrast. So you have to be incredibly sparing and very strategic in the way you use it. And it's kind of it's an approach that since I haven't really devoted a lot of time to, I think it could easily become. You just have a bunch of guys on top of a bunch of lumpy white stuff. If you're yeah, careful. I agree. And for the most part, like flock, when you do like, let's say a static grass, you can easily put that anywhere on a base and it looks like, because I have grass growing up in all sorts of places in my yard, I don't want it. Like mm-hmm. we just have weeds growing up in all sorts of places. So it's easy to justify. But with snow, you're right. Like if you just drop it down, it kind of looks like just a lump sitting on your base. Uh, and it's easy to overdo it. It's also easy to underdo it. It's, it's tough to sort of find that balance. Um, so one of the things I've seen some people do is they'll take, like, a spackling material and they'll put that on the base to build up, like, mounds, basically. And then they'll flock over that. And I don't think that's a terrible idea. Um, I think you just have to be careful with it because it can, it can build up. It, it can get messy. Spackle gets really messy really fast. And it's brittle as shit. Yeah. It's just, it'll <laughs> chip really, really easily. Um, I think wet snow is a pretty, like a pretty good idea. And the way that I've seen people do that um, specifically is they'll take a, a water medium of some sort like like, a, like water effects like water effects mm-hmm. sometimes water effects are the really thin water effects like you pour into something and it dries clear but I also use the um, the thicker water effect like a gel medium water effect which also dries clear but when you mix it up with the snow flock it kind of turns it into like a wet snow which is really neat yeah. and that's pretty easy to apply um, the only problem is the flock you know it depends on what kind of like the, the flock will absorb the moisture from the wet, from the liquid. Fuck, I can't think tonight. I just can't talk at all. <laughs> from the water effect. And so because of that, you'll always, like, if you if you do that, you're going to get a wet snow. So if you want to put any sort of puffy dry snow on top of that, if you're going to build it up specifically. You have to wait for it to dry, and it takes a while to dry. Yeah. So it's not a fast thing. I think that the, the techniques themselves are not super tough and that tutorial you linked um to from the warp which i actually i really missed that blog because that guy was he was he was a good blogger he was so good and then he kind of just vanished but i mean the thing is is that you don't really see the application and yeah you can you can recreate these effects but the the artistry is really like making like selling it you know right i agree yeah that was a good blog post and it's worth noting that the guy from from the warp um, he had what I call one of the I mean he had a blog role which was great and he, he was a very active blogger and then like you said he just kind of quit I think he got burned out and I thought that he would take a year or so off and come back but it's been like three years now so hmm. he's definitely not coming back <laughs> although he keeps renewing his blog every year because he has to pay for those hosting fees True. Yeah. so he has to keep thinking like eh, maybe next year <laughs> I don't know um, so that kind of covers your basic basing, but what about icicles? Icicles are a pretty common thing you see on that, and that's a little trickier. What do you guys do for icicles? Well, um, I I don't tend to spend a lot of time on snow type basing, so I haven't had a lot of experience. But um, there is a tutorial we're going to talk about that has some amazing ice uh, with it. She makes ice. Uh, I've also seen it done using water effects but in the tube like bottle so you kind of yeah. squirt it out and right. it dries in like a string and you can do some cool things with that um i've seen it where you do that on wax paper and mm-hmm. then you lay it down and it'll dry clear yeah um but i think my only issue with that is when you put it on the wax paper 
one side will be flattened. Yeah. So that's one of the issues that's, for that. Yeah. So you do have to like do a string and then glue the two strings right. together back to back so yeah. it keeps it, I don't know. But yeah. it looks good for like waterfall techniques or like an Absolutely. icy waterfall. You could do some cool stuff like that. And it's really malleable. Like it's almost, it's so thick, you can really you can stretch it. it. Even yeah. after it's dry, you can stretch it out. You yeah. can, yeah. What about for you, Carlos? Do you use a lot of ice effects or any ice effects? Not really. I think every like I'm like everybody else. My first ice diorama is going to be you know that's there's going to be a lot of trial and error. The one <laughs> thing that I a technique that I've seen to create very in scale kind of cool looking stalactites is you get a piece of clear sprue and kind of hold it over a flame source. And sort of stretch it out and make it real skinny. And I've seen that done, and those those icicles are actually pretty cool. That's something I might want to try. I think that is neat. I think it's worth noting that that's probably something you should be careful with. You know, obviously, if you're under if you're a kid, if you're under eighteen, have have an adult sort of supervise you. Even if you are an adult, you probably want to wear something for breathing because that doesn't sound yeah, very you're safe. Melting. To me. Yeah, you're yeah. yeah. um, But that Fine. being said, like that's a good, pretty good idea. Um, on one of the tutorials we're gonna we're gonna talk about in a few minutes. Uh, by Mini Girl, she actually suggested using f- clear plastic forks for icicles. Um, now she built up stuff around it, mm-hmm. but I definitely think that if you found the right fork, which sounds weird, that would actually be <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, so I had I hadn't really even thought about it until I saw that tutorial, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right. Like clear plastic, that makes sense. Yeah. That's perfectly that's perfectly smart." Um, one of the things I love when I see a good diorama is that from a distance it looks great, but when you get closer you start to deconstruct all the parts. So you have to remember like from a table level, you can get away with a lot. Like there's a lot of stuff you can put on a diorama that people will not recognize at first. Mm-hmm. And it's like perfectly fine. Um, as long as like just don't get too close. Like if it's a plastic fork, if it's like a Wendy's fork, like don't show the Wendy's logo. <laughs> you know, but like you can show the fork. Jeez. It's fine. Uh, um, all right, so Carlos, why don't we talk to you for a second real quick about your uh, your dirty snow that we wanted to chat about. So one of the things in preparation for the podcast tonight is that Carlos was going to write us a little tutorial, and um, he was trying to do sort of a, um, you mentioned contrast earlier, and I think what you were trying to do was create a base with a lot of contrast and snow, because you were doing like this rocky shoal kind of base with snow on it, and it looked it looked perfectly fine, and I don't know if it was me that mentioned Dirty Snow or you did, but somehow one of us suggested it, and then you were trying it, but it was a little harder than we thought it would be, wasn't it? It was. Um, I live in a place where there is a lot of snow on the ground uh, year-round, less so in Anchorage than where I used to live, and I think that when you see snow, a lot of times that you see just the white pure stuff that just fell or it hasn't really had time to melt and the problem with that for me is that if you're in a battlefield you're churning up mud you're going to be stepping on snow so it's going to get it's going to get real dirty i mean if you live anywhere with snow you know that when it starts to melt you're going to see all that giant brown crappy stuff on the side of the road if you think about like a car yeah exactly on the side of the road is exactly what i was going to say or like if you go to like a parking lot like a target or something Mm -hmm. where the plows have just right and they've plowed it all together and it's this giant black mound Mm -hmm. it's just disgusting well i tried a couple different things and and unfortunately i think part of the problem is is that initially those first two i sent you what i did there is i have two or three different colors I mixed them up and I kind of I wanted to create sort of like a gradient right with the pigments and then what I did is I added some some of the snow material into the lighter colors 
so that I was going to create kind of like, a, you know, like going from light to dark. Sure. The problem that I encountered, and I think I didn't really think of this at the time, is that the material, the, the snow material in that basing kit, if you use it with what comes in the basing kit, you get a perfectly fine uh, snow effect. But the problem is, is that the flakes themselves are tend to be clear. And what I was using as a fixative was, uh, for the pigments, was mineral spirits. And the mineral spirits kind of like, seem to they absorb the mineral spirits and then they kind of just became clear and messy yeah. and it didn't really it didn't really go back to white like i had hoped it would because the material is clear and i didn't know that it looks white in the container what, and that's what gave, that? what gave you the idea to use mineral spirits is when you say a, a, when you say a, a a fixing agent do you mean like a binder or something like that um to, to just yeah to fix any kind of pigment onto a surface you can use a variety of things I mean there's pigment fixer there's acrylic binder there's mineral spirits you can use uh, isopropyl alcohol and yeah I've just, I I've just I never thought spirits. about using mineral spirits or alcohol because I always think of those as a thinning agent not really a binding agent um, yeah and what I what I I have some acrylic resin like uh, some Vallejo just straight up acrylic resin and I'm thinking maybe that probably maybe would have a different effect so that's something i can revisit um and in the second one that i sent you is i i tried to do what i do with the with the tanks which is i just kind of sort of sprinkle the pigments over the snow so what i was going to do is i was going to do several layers of snow with with the pink with the pigments sprinkled on them but again i used the mineral spirits and i think it kind of it just it did not create the convincing effect that i really wanted so it was, I mean, it was definitely a learning experience, but I, now that I think about it, I should have used acrylic resin. Well, you know, it, and we sort of touched on this earlier. You got to you gotta try stuff out. You never know what's going to work until you give it a shot. And, um, you know, I, I certainly applaud you you're giving it a good try. And I've never tried it at all. So I really have nothing to say about how, it, how you should, can make it work. Like, I don't know. I, I did, like, briefly search for, like, dirty snow tutorials, but I couldn't find any. I'd be curious of like a wash, like after it's all done and yeah, dried, maybe. maybe just applying like a light wash to it. To see, see. I, was, I think with the flock, it's yeah. so it's so light that it's like mm -hmm. I, I don't know would it like absorb it like a sponge? Maybe would it be too? Well, much? if it's sealed like, in like with a glue or something, maybe I don't yeah. know. So well, I think if you there's there's something that Woodland Stenix makes and it is actually white powder and that might work better because that stuff that I have is clear, so it tends to take on whatever color you put on it. Oh, so if you have like a like more of just a actually a white material, I think you could probably it would work better. So that's another thing that it bears investigation. Hmm. Um, all right, so we're still the judge is still out on this one. We don't we're not quite the judge the jury, so we're we're still trying to figure it out. But um, if if any of our listeners out there have ever done any experiments with this sort of stuff, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see what you've done. So you can either message us at. Uh, World Council at WhiteMetalGames.com, or you can always respond on our Facebook page, which you can link to uh, from our podcast page, which is on WhiteMetalGames.com. Um, so real quick, before we jump into Tutorial of the Week, uh, we're going to take a brief break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about a mini girl tutorial uh, on ice, and we're also going to talk about this Crackle Medium tutorial uh, as well from Massive Voodoo, uh, and we'll be right back after this. Are you a tabletop quality painter in the Raleigh area with 10 hours or more a week to spare? Have you ever thought about becoming a commissioned painter before but you weren't sure it was right for you? 
White Metal Games is looking for talented painters in the Raleigh area to join our studio team. You're paid by the job, not by the hour, so you can paint at your own pace. Send us pictures of your painted models to info at whitemetalgames.com, and we just might be interested in speaking with you. Put your minis where your mouth is. All right, guys, and we are back. Uh, we are going to jump right into Tutorial of the Week. Uh, and Tutorial of the Week is where we chat about what sort of videos we've found that are useful reference materials. Uh, in the past, we've, we've had more than, more than one of these, and we're guilty of that again this week, but we're going to sort of hit on these two highlight videos real quick. So uh, first off is a nice tutorial by Mini Girl, um, which I'll be honest, I didn't really know much about this, this chick before watching yeah. this video. <laughs> I'm not sure I know much more now. Um, she's interesting. She is. Yeah. She's got some interesting ideas. Um, I stumbled upon the ice tutorial um, probably five, six months ago. Um, and it's great for ice. I mean, she did a great job. So we, we touched on it a little bit. She uses, she broke off pieces of like a plastic, clear plastic fork, glued it to the base. And, and used not just that. any part of the fork, like the prongs. Right. Like not just yeah. any middle portion. But. So you've already got sort of an icicle shape. And then she took these two... Um, Obviously, Compounds. as a woman, she must have have experience with these, like this nail. I think solution. that was what she does, maybe in her maybe. real life. I think she's oh. like a nail girl because she knows a shit ton about a nail polish. <laughs> yeah. When you, I guess, when you go to get your nails done, they put a clear coat over it that seals it in, something like that. Right. But she found that if you mix it together, like as it's supposed to be used, and use it over like a, a basing, it creates an icy effect. Wow. So it's a powder and a liquid. Um, and it kind of gives it like a sludgy look at first, but when it dries, it's crystal clear. Yeah. And it looks exactly like ice. She adds a varnish at the end to brighten it up a bit, but it looks like natural ice that you would find in like the Antarctic where it's yeah. kind of smoothed over. Maybe the winds smoothed it over a little bit. It's nice and uh, clean. Um, What's neat too about it is because of how clear it is. So first off, it gives the icicles a great look mm -hmm. because she put it over the forks so it looks like two layers deep of icicles, like where they've yeah. melted and refrozen, which is really neat. Um, but in addition to that, because it dries so clear, it gives you all sorts of implications for what you can do. Like she painted the base like a light bluish color, but you can almost imagine that if she wanted to like put stuff in there sticking out, that yeah. would have been cool too. Like a half in, half out, like artifact or something. Or um, So yeah, that was really neat. Um, she does point out that it will ruin your brush. Yep. So don't use a good brush. And that it, it stinks. So yeah, you, it you need a mask or something, which is the only real... That's the biggest downside to it, I think. Carlos, what did you think of the video? Uh, I think that she's she's got a really cool ice effect there. I don't know um, if I would go as heavy with it as she did, but, you know, she's just kind of banging out a tutorial. And, I mean, you could do worse than, hey, she's easy on the eyes, right? <laughs> she's, not, she's not bad. I'll give her that. She's, well, and plus there's a limited... Although there are more and more mini girls out there every year, I feel like mm. there's like these weird yeah girls on YouTube that are kind of okay painters, but mostly I think they like the male attention. I mean, I may be wrong, but I don't know. it I'm does not, it I'm not does strike me as odd sometimes. It's a sexist hobby. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it isn't uh, like. <laughs> Look, I, I do not have a problem if women want male attention. That's fine by me. Like, I, 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 I like this site called Suicide Girls. You ever seen this site? Mm -mm. It's a lot of naked women. Um, <laughs> and it's not porn because they're not having sex. They're just 
beautiful naked women. And one of the things that they do is that every girl on the site either has to have a piercing or has to have a tattoo. And so the idea is that these women, I'm getting to a point. The <laughs> idea is that these women are like not your typical Playboy models. You won't see them on like, on like a Playboy magazine. Well, certainly not now that Playboy is no longer doing nudes, but you wouldn't have seen them in a Playboy magazine. Um, but th- it's always interesting to me that what that some women just really crave male attention. That's the only reason I can think all these women are, are getting naked, which is fine. Uh, that's for my small field. Sounds like uh, daddy issues. Yeah, you? exactly. Um, and I'm kind of wondering if that's part of the trend with these female painters. That not that they're not fine. They're they're okay. And in fact, you know, to argue a different point. Some of the top-notch painters in the industry yeah. are women and are amazing. Anna from Just the Colors that Jen we talked Haley about. Haley and Victoria. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, they're incredible painters. And I don't know if that's, you know, are women like the black guys in basketball? Or are they just have a more <laughs> delicate touch? You know what I mean? Like, maybe so. Maybe they're just, by nature, better painters. <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong here. I think I'm on to something here. And they're naked on SuicideGirls.com. Um, I wish I could get Suicide Girls to sponsor this site. Though. That would be <laughs> we amazing. would have so many hits. Oh my god. What is this? Suicide Girls, please. White Metal us. Games. What does that mean? Yeah. Big Maples and, oh, Marika Reamer and. Is he just. Are you just listing beautiful women? What's going on here? No, no, no. These are the. Uh, they're the uh, award winning painters. They, um, uh, you see them on many or not a lot. And uh, Jennifer Haley. And who's the other one? There's some... Jennifer Haley always looks mad to me. (laughs) Like, she always looks just pissed. Like, and I think it's because she has one picture and she's not smiling. um, That's on all of her stuff. But she just looks just mad. Like, she hates men. I don't know. Okay. I may be wrong. Wrong career path. (laughs) All right. Um, We're going to talk about one other tutorial briefly, which is a crackle, a... I don't even know who put this... Oh, Massive Voodoo puts it out, right? Oh, no, it wasn't Massive Voodoo. We linked to Massive Voodoo, though. So the Ice Basis tutorial um, that we're linking to, uh, you found, and it was more about, I'm pointing to Philip, you can't see that though. Um, You found this and it was sort of this weird crackle medium rock candy, and that's what it's called. Was it you that just found it? No, that wasn't me. Oh, it must have been Carlos. Carlos, you must have found this tutorial. It's not really a tutorial so much. It was on Reaper, you remember that? All right. I must have lost him. Hold on a second. I'll bring him back real quick. He must have disconnected. I don't know. He got quiet all of a sudden there, so I don't know. What Hold on, wait for it. Oh, they're trying to get the call back. Uh, we we dropped him, dropped him for a second. Well, while he is, I don't know what is going on there. Anyway, while he is off doing whatever Carlos is doing right now, I'm, I'm going to guess that it's just he got disconnected. Um, on the Reaper miniatures, they have a lot of different forums, and on one of the forums that was there, uh, Carlos, did we get you back? Nope. I'll just try to call. I'll just try to call him again. Uh, anyway, so on one of the forums that was out there, uh, this guy posted a video for, or not a video, but a tutorial for a rock candy crackle medium. And the rock candy crackle medium is like this stuff that you just—it's a crackle medium. So you lay it down on the on the on the base, and it dries and it crackles. Mm-hmm. And so it crackled like ice, and it's clear. And they call it rock candy because it's pretty hard. Um, and it's incredible. So I, I don't know, Carlos, I don't know where he's at. We'll wait for him to call us back. But regardless of which, I think the bottom line is I had never considered using crackle medium for ice, and it's brilliant. Like, yeah, it dries it looks clear. Amazing. It looks really good. The person who did it in this instance 
because it goes on clear or it goes on as a liquid medium this person put like part of a ghoul sticking out of the ice yeah. and when it dried it just looked incredible it looked like real like something really had died in there frozen um, in the ice. and awesome. i use crackle medium for different stuff but i would never used a liquid based crackle medium that that was that great mm-hmm. um so I'm, I'm really impressed with this stuff and i can't wait to try that out uh, all right well we don't know where carlos is um so we are going to uh, jump right into product review, which I don't know what to do without him. But yeah, that was if, his... he, if he was here, he would tell you that we had a uh, winter effects diorama kit from um, Amazon that we're pushing this week. Um, and it's just a really basic kit. I mean, it's like yeah. got some snow. It's got some PVA glue. It's got some, uh, what is the other stuff you'd say? Like, Does it come with like paints or something? Yeah, like, some well, I think it comes with like maybe white paint. Yeah. It comes with a little simple brush, but the real the oh, and it comes with um, water water effects. That's what it is. Okay, yeah. So the real benefit of this kit is you get water effects, you get a big bag of flock. No one gives a shit about the PVA glue. But you get those two things for ten bucks, and you get a lot of it. I would say you probably get enough to base an entire army with this. Um, which, when you compare it to like let's say Woodland Scenics, they're massive bottles for eighteen twenty bucks. And a water effects bottle for ten, twelve bucks. Yeah, it, you're talking three times the amount. And we let's be honest here, you're not going to use that much. Like no one yeah. is. Like, <laughs> I, I'm never going to run out of snow stuff, and I've got one bottle of that stuff. So if you're looking for like a cheap way into basing your models, we absolutely recommend this. It's called Winter Effects Diorama Kit, and it is available on Amazon. Um, and we will provide a link to it here. Did you have any final thoughts about that? No, I mean that was that's pretty much it. It's just a nice starter kit. So if you're looking for a good deal, like you said, it's it's a great way to start. All right, well we're going to take a brief break uh, before finishing up tonight. We're going to try to get podcast back up to podcast. We're going to try to get Carlos back on the line, and then right after this break, we will hopefully be back uh, for our Christmas rants, and we'll be right back after this. Let's be honest. You'd rather be playing than painting. Let White Metal Games take the hassle out of painting and assembling your miniatures. We have a team of dedicated professionals who will make sure your miniatures stand out on the tabletop. Contact us at info at whitemetalgames.com. White Metal Games. Put your minis where your mouth is. All right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, we were unfortunately unable to get Carlos uh, back on the line. We think he might have lost internet. Um, Probably from a polar bear attack. I'm like, most go likely, like, knock down the yeah. Po- they they tend to swarm this time of year. <laughs> like they, they they put on their big suits of armor, like in that terrible movie. And <laughs> Golden um, Compass. What was that? All Golden movie? Compass. Golden Compass. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was a decent book. Um, but actually, I I never talk about this, and I don't know why I'm going to talk about this now. My wife just recommended a book to me called Wool by this guy named Hugh Howie, and it's a post-apocalyptic novel book, and it's mm. fascinating. Really? It's really good. Yeah. If anyone's out there, he, he self-published on Amazon. His name's Hugh Howey, and he wrote a book called Wool. And the girl who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy just got hired to do a draft of the script. Oh. So uh, that was back in June. Um, so I'm hoping that turns out really, really well. And um, it's just a fascinating look at like a, what the world could be. So it's kind of like Fallout 4, except they never go outside, and they spend all of their time in this 200-layer silo underground. So it's like, take a skyscraper, put it underground, put a bunch of crazy people in there, and that's the book. And it's amazing. <laughs> um, so, And they don't know why they're down there. They don't know what happened to the world. Like They've been down there so long that all of the notes and the records they had from that time period, that era, are gone. 
So huh. it's like you wake up to a world, you have no idea how they got there, which is cool, really cool. Interesting. And that their parents don't even remember. They're they're past generations of generations of generations. So they they no longer know why they're down there, um, which is really cool. But that has nothing to do with our one minute rants. So we're going to jump right into our one minute rants. And um, this week I am going to start it off. So I'm going to put a minute on the clock. And, uh, oh, by the way, we're going to theme this All I Want for Christmas. And All I Want for Christmas is a dry paint that actually works. (laughs) I recently bought a pot of Citadel Dry Tyrant Skull, which was recently discontinued by GW, and now I know why. Um, I think when dry paints first came out, they seemed like a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Because we dry brush a lot, and the idea with dry brushing is that you basically take a paint and you dry off most of the paint on the on the the a piece of paper or, or you know whatever the paper towel so you're basically getting off the solvent but you're keeping the pigment and some of the binder and so you apply the paint slowly to a model and it's a great idea get a nice yeah. dusty look but the problem is you waste a lot of paint that way so they came up with dry which is a good idea in theory because less solvent more pigment in theory you just dip your brush in there but what i bought was a bottle of slime or gel or gunk or something with a label on it, and it cost me three fifty. That doesn't work. It's yeah. like it's just gloopy gop, and it's like it's so thick I can't even get it on my brush. Like I can't work it into the bristles. Um, so there's no dry brushing. I feel like it would just come off in chunks. Like so, all I want for Christmas is for a dry medium that works. I've got pigments, but I want something that's like the next layer up. I want something between a layer paint. And a pigment that actually does what it says it'll do. And has a longer shelf life than a month. Absolutely. Like this stuff. I even tried to add solvent to try to work it back down, and I couldn't make that no, work. So. Impossible. What about you, Phil? Well, um, my my rant is going to be more on something a little different. Um, people who just, like, who want to hate on other, comp- like, hobby companies, like, it is so annoying. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is for people to just be... Uh, I don't know, a little more... Do you have a specific company that you're yeah. being so, hated on? Yeah, so like GW, like people hate on it for hundreds of reasons. Sure. But what I get to me are the people who hate on the detail of the minis and oh, actually really? complaining that the mini has too much detail and that they, they get lost in the detail. And Is this I, about Archaon? I saw a post so, about yeah, there's someone been, was like, I didn't like Archaon, that dragon is too big. Or yeah, some shit like it's that. got too much detail. I this is the same thing about yeah, yeah. I lose focus looking. I'm like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You like, I don't understand. There's so much. There's a lot of detail, and yes, sure. you may not pick it all up at once, but that's part of what makes a good miniature yeah. a good miniature. Like, it's not that detailed. If you actually looked at painting, <laughs> it's really not that detailed. It's like it's a big dark dragon with three heads. That's it. Yeah, it's no different than any other dragon model out there. Um, I agree. It's ridiculous. So I saw the same like that most most recent the Archaon and the uh, the the new knights. They said the yeah. exact same thing. I'm really? just like, man, you know, you people just don't appreciate good. They don't remember <laughs> the minis back in like the 70s that were so blocky and yeah. crappy. They look terrible. It's like the Grenadier stuff from back in the day, where it's like it's a wizard kind of. Like you know, it's like yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know what you can't be happy with. I don't know if they were happy with that. If they're, I firmly believe the people just like to complain about anything. Yeah, it's, um, let's just stop complaining. All I want for Christmas is less complaining. <laughs> they, had, they had this really good segment on SNL about a week or two ago, where there was a show segment. Do you watch SNL at all? A little bit. There was a segment on there where it was like 
uh, should I comment on this? And it's three people in a fake game show, and they bring up very hot button issues like, like uh, one of them was like breastfeeding in public, and one of them was like the Syrian refugee crisis, and one of them was like ISIS. And with every question, they were like, they'd ask a question about it, and they'd say, should I comment on this? And all the the answers obviously were silly. They were like, well, I have a computer, and I'm not doing anything right now, so yes. And here's my comment, or. Well, I know nothing about the Syrian refugees. Don't even know where Syria is, but I have a mouth. So, yes, I'll comment on this. And, and I kind of felt like that's very true to yep. life. Like, my, people don't know My shit opinion about matters, and I'm going to let everyone know. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's funny. Um, well, I don't know what Carlos would have ranted on, but it doesn't seem like we can get him back on the line tonight. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear that because Carlos was a great guy. I really oh, that's another good thing about this year is we relaunched War Council. Yeah, that was a big one this year. That had Definitely. been off the air for a while, and now we have two good starring hosts to come with me. So it's been a good year. Um, so I guess that'll be it for this uh, episode and for 2015 War Council. We will be back in 2016. Look for us in January. Um, as always, you can check us out online at whitemetalgames.com/podcasts. Oh, oh, look at that! Look at that! Hey, hey, we were just, hey, we were just about to sign off, actually. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, time. we did, we were like, well, I guess we'll try to call him a couple times. You doing okay? Yeah, I guess, you know, a couple frost giants must have gotten a fight knocked over the or <laughs> We were debating a polar bear attack. Mm. So. <laughs> Swarming. <laughs> well, uh, that's about it for us this year. We were actually just about to sign off, so Carlos, you got back just in time to hear us, basically sign out for the year so um, all of those who are listening out there we will be back again next year in 2016 you can check us out in the meantime you can listen to all the podcasts that we've done there'll be 20 episodes uh, on our webpage so go to white metal game slash podcast you can listen to them right there on the page you can download them on the go from itunes and you can uh, you can also you know, share them with friends. You can also find us on Facebook at uh, War Council, and you can find us linked to from our White Metal page, but also from our Facebook page. So check us out. You know, listen to some of our past podcasts, and um, we'll be back early next year. Uh, all three of us, I think, will be back. Um, Definitely. Carlos, any final thoughts closing out? Keep painting, keep believing, right? Keep believing. We're going to get shirts made out. Like, that's going to be a slogan. Keep for the painting, podcast, keep believing. Like, uh, well, my name is Caleb Dillon with My Metal Games. I'm Phil Corn with Brushwork Minis. And uh, this has been War Council, uh, which is a, a hobby centered podcast for miniature enthusiasts. Have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy Holiday, and we will talk to you next year. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. 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 Thank you.